what you're yelling for Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would say I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one-on-one But you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back Like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like somebody else Gets me frustrated Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break And you take what you get And you turn it into Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it No, no Yes, guys, how are you doing? This is Merv Glasso bringing my next episode of the Just Not Nobody podcast. Uh, It's Sunday uh, evening and it's exactly 7.33 p.m. this Sunday evening. And how's it going? Because for me, I'm telling you, the pandemic, the lockdowns or whatever this is, whatever this thing is you know which is happening which the whole world is experiencing whatever this thing is called has made me so lazy has made me so unpunctual if that's a word because I used to be like uh like I said last time you know I used to have a schedule and now it's like what the fuck am I doing you know I wanted to do this podcast in the middle of a week hump day wednesday release it's just not happening since the past uh almost like two months it's just not happening it either happens on wednesday then it's happening on thursday it just happens on fridays and it doesn't happen on saturdays and now it's sunday service this is sunday service now and now i'm thinking like okay let me do let me do this recording every sundays i think that's the day when you know i'm kind of uh, really not doing too much or not using my head and my body that much as i do on the rest of the days but hey man if unpunctual is a word then that's what the pandemic and the lockdown has happened has made has done to me Seriously, guys, what the? <laughs> Anyways, how I hope you all got everyone out there is punctual, is doing your you're doing your routine, you're doing your stuff because you know discipline is so important in life. Like I remember, you know, I used to I used to be dis I used to love waking up. I used to love waking up. Hey man, I used to love waking up at a time when the rest of the world is sleeping, like about five five thirty. I used to love doing that because that gave me that kick, you know, it gave me that it gave me that feeling that hey man, I'm better than you. You know, I wake up when you were sleeping. I used to get that kick. That's how I used to start my mornings. But hey man, I no longer do it. And that's really frustrating me. But I hope you guys are punctual, disciplined, because discipline brings that, uh, it brings a, a particular momentum, you know, in the way, uh, it brings a lot of, uh, uh, 
a discipline is required in life you know you start you tend to you tend to love it you tend to value it better and i want to get back to it because you know this pandemic is the past two months is like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing really i mean my i don't wake up i've not woken up at 5:30 the past two months of course it's been three months of the pandemic i was doing uh, my routine like for the first few first month and i said hey man why why do it you know kind of thing and then i just gave it up so the past two months i haven't woken up at 5 5:30 which i used to do every day and that's really pissing me off it's making me it's demotivating me literally and i need to get back to my time that's what i plan to do let's see you know like tomorrow's monday i need to do it if after started after do it start doing it tomorrow um uh start uh from tomorrow onwards anyways uh whatever it is uh summer's out like it's it's getting cold it's getting cold to the bones it's getting cold uh it's really getting cold and uh i don't really like the cold i don't like the summer as well i like the middle thing i like when it's sunny and it's a little chi- a little cold you know kind of thing i love the mixture of uh, stuff you know i just can't go to an, i don't like the extreme summer i don't like extreme cold i just like the middle you know and that's very it's very rare because in another few days it's going to get really cold we'll just be wearing boots and stuff like that so i don't know um so everything's like you know uh at least we had the sun out and now i don't know how long the sun's going to be out that's going to be out as well in this pandemic the lockdown there's no end to it like literally so i don't want to start the show by uh being so uh, negative but hey man uh that's uh, that's a little bit about you know what's happening in my life anyways last episode i talked about um i talked about the movie Mul- mulan uh which is uh this movie by made in america disney um and uh, of course it's about uh about china it was shot it was shot in zhengjiang um uh province in china but i think it uh it didn't really do well in china uh that's what the news was i talked about it last time on what the boycotts all over the world why it's been boycotted three main reasons one is because the actress kind of said that uh she supported the hong kong police's uh work against protesters so that's one reason now one person saying something like i said last time one person saying something doesn't make a difference in boycotting it just like you know herd mentality just doing what others are doing makes no sense the second reason for a boycott is because uh behind the scenes um all those people you know the disney uh, uh the disney team the producers the directors and whatever you know the team behind the scenes working on this uh the mulan movie were all white and therefore there was no diversity and therefore i use the word fucking therefore okay it should not be in my dictionary you i can write therefore i have no problem writing therefore or typing it or whatever but hey man i'm not supposed to say therefore Ooh. yeah so uh, yeah so uh, the second reason for uh, boycotting mulan actually many people around the world is because the behind the, behind the scenes team was all white and uh, there was no diversity so that's the second reason which i see there's no point boycotting you know you just don't watch it if you don't want want to watch it don't kind of create a herd and make people just kind of follow it the third reason this was a serious reason this was like you know 60% of the population of the world don't want to watch mulan because of this third reason because it was shot in zing uh, zingjong 
which is a province in China where Uyghur Muslims have been detained in camps. That's what this uh, province was. So it was shot there. Now, of course, the team in the Disney and uh, the team who was working on this Mulan project, the actors, actors, they were not involved. They have nothing to do with the uh, detainment camps and, you know, um, about all this. Like they had nothing to do, but they shot it in that area and it seems while thanking uh in the movie towards you know while giving credits they thanked uh, they thanked the people uh uh, you know the province basically of uh, Xinjiang and that's why people were really frustrated so majority of the people who were actually boycotting this movie is because of this reason but hey man tell me which province which city which country which uh, region in the world is free from not doing atrocity which which is not facing any social and racial unrest tell me which place in this world of course what Uyghur uh, Muslims are really facing in China in the in the province of Xinjiang is absolutely wrong. Hey man, don't put anyone in camps. You know, don't detain them because of the religion they follow. And there are a lot of atrocities which are done on those people, which is really sad. It is it is something that the UN, the United Nations, should take strict action against. You know. Um, so that's something that I really am with. I understand the reason but but boycotting a movie because it was shot in a region like tell me which country which city which province which small area which part of the world which region of the world is free from uh, is uh, is free is free and really 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 free because i don't think any country on this on this earth is uh, is free really because everyone is facing social and their social and racial unrest all around the world so at this rate filmmakers will never be able to make movies forever like you know they will never uh, every movie will face a boycott because there's no place in this world on on earth that does is not facing social and uh, racial unrest so that's 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 how i want to end this because i don't want to i don't want to spend more time talking about mulan because i talked about it in my last episode if you want to listen to it listen to it but hey man this is just getting a little too much, you know, because uh, the ratings uh, were not out last episode. I just wanted to get an, give you an update about the um, the review of this movie in China was really pathetic. Now, the only reason that I see that China, it was pathetic in China is because maybe people don't want uh, the province of Xinjiang to be uh, in um in public focus because of what's happening there that's that's the only thing that i see there otherwise uh, i see no reason you know um and then another update you know i was telling you last episode while i was recording the episode of course the the, ma- the game was not over the match was not over between serena williams and her opponent you know at the u.s uh, open that was happening and while i was recording my episode it was the quarterfinals and uh a selection for the semifinals and I was like hey man I'm not going to talk about Serena Williams or praise her or kind of support her because the minute I do that uh, the person loses whoever it is whether it's Serena Williams or whether it's anybody else you know it always happens whenever I support somebody openly in public like I can support it in my heart but I need to keep it in my heart but the minute I kind of support them publicly hey man they lose and I mentioned it last time 
but still i went ahead and kind of supported her and she lost now you may say hey man i'm superstitious but hey man it didn't happen right that's what happened i praised her i said i support serena williams and then after i recorded the show after i published the show and uh, after a few hours we realized that serena williams lost i mean she was not she didn't enter the semi uh, she she's not going to play in the semi finals and that was so disappointing and i was like fuck man mel like what the hell why do you have to say it but anyways uh, so that's it now i'll never do it you know i'm never going to support someone openly i just keep in my heart till the match or the game is over because it always happens that whenever i support someone publicly openly um, say their name and kind of praise them and hey man yeah this that that they lose that's what happens <laughs> a little superstitious you know anyways congratulations to naomi osaka i mean uh, naomi naomi osaka she definitely is um, a very uh, a very unique uh, player and a very unique personality that's what i love about her uh, haiti and um, you know she's mixed race like multi ethnic background uh, background like part Jap- japanese and then haiti so i love that i love the um the mixed race that she comes from because you know the mixed race they get the best the kids they get the best uh, uh best uh, uh best parts of their uh, you know of their parents and that's what makes them really intelligent the beautiful the talented um and the best part about it is you know she represents japan now she lives in the united states but she uh she is she represents japan so um she lived and trained in the united states since she was 3 years old but placed to represent japan and that's the beauty of the united states and that's why i really uh i really i, I, I really you know kind of look up to america and that's what america is all about you know giving everyone an opportunity no matter what now she's she's training in the united states okay she's be, she's lived here since she was 3 years old naomi osaka she's half Jap- japanese and her, her dad is from haiti but she plays and represents japan while she lives in the united states and that's the beauty of america you know which we really need to appreciate and it gives everyone an opportunity and that we should not allow that to ever be lost because that is really what america represents you know um and i believe uh, she i just find her so unique i feel i find neomi uh, osaka so unique because she speaks uh, creole she speaks japanese she speaks english she's like three languages right there um she represents japan while she plays and she was born in japan and she grew up uh, in the haiti and japanese uh, culture you know Uh, which is which is so beautiful i mean i can just imagine how bright that girl ma- must be you know uh great personality cultured a lot of values um and uh, of course she won the us open and i love the way she every match that she played she came out wearing a mask in support for racial justice that like she wore a mask of all the, you know each day she wore a mask of uh anybody who was like you know racially disrespected or murdered or killed she wore the mask which is so brilliant i mean such a young girl you know but uh very thoughtful um 
so that's what I really like about her. Now, what I learned about her is, you know, she had she was she had dual citizenship. She was an American and a Japanese dual citizenship. Uh, but as per Japanese law, is that uh, in 1985 there was a law that was passed in Japan, which says that uh, that an individual with dual citizenship they'll have to they, they are required to have a declaration of choice. That is, they have to renounce one of their citizenship. So. When she turned twenty-two, when you have to, when you turn twenty-two, you have to make the decision as per the nineteen eighty-five Japanese law. So she made a decision on the twenty twenty-second birthday that she would renounce her U.S. citizenship. So she's Japanese now, and that's the beauty. You know, that's really the beauty of America more than anything else. Like you can have a you can have this kid living in the country since she was three years old. She can train in the country. and she can play the us open and play and represent japan that's the beauty of america that i always appreciated you know and this should never ever go by you know it should never really go it's the best thing about america about being a very international very global country a, a nation of immigrants a melting pot people from various parts of the world that is the most attractive people speaking different languages you know you don't get to see this in any in any country around the world and that's the beauty don't ever allow that to ever go by you know that's uh, that's something that i want to really say from the bottom of my heart anyway this is sunday service guys this is sunday service with me more classo I don't know how I landed to Sunday. It, this this episode was supposed to be uh, published or supposed to be out on Wednesday this week, okay? And uh, it's already Sunday. So since it's Sunday service, I plan to kind of give you a kind of a roundout about making it like you know making it sound like Sunday service one day at a time with a chorus with a with a, with a with a with a with a church church song Sunday service. So you need to listen to a hymn, right? Especially during this pandemic, this is a song that really hits me hard, and I want to sing it to you. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Now you can have sweet Allah, you can have sweet Ram, you can have sweet God, or whoever you really kind of uh, you know pray to. Whatever, whoever it is, you know, it's just the same thing. So one day at a time. Sweet Jesus, that's all that I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus. and tomorrow may never be mine help me today show me the way one day at a time so that's the sunday service mass for today uh, i had to give it to you i had to give it to you if i call it sunday service if it's on a sunday i'm going to sing a sunday i'm going to sing a hymn okay if i record any of my episodes on a sunday okay 
And if I'm publishing it or posting it, or it's going to be out on a Sunday, there's going to be a Sunday hymn that I'm going to sing. There's going to be a Sunday hymn that I'm going to sing. See, that's a rhyme that's on the spot. It just happened. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, it's all that I'm asking of you. You give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be nine. Help me today, show me the way one day at a time. That's a fast forward uh, format of the song. <laughs> I just heard that uh, Indonesia, it's very, it's very strange that... Uh, uh, there are anti-maskers all over the world, I believe. You know, first I thought it's in America. There are anti-maskers in India. But I believe anti-maskers are all over the world. You know, people who just don't want to wear their mask. And they find some kind of reasons for not wearing it. I have no idea why. Because it's so it's so real that mask, a mask, wearing a mask can really prevent any kind of droplets, any kind of uh, microorganisms from entering your nose, your mouth or whatever, but people still don't get it, you know, and I don't get it, why they don't get it. But anyways, what I like about Indonesia is in Indonesia, (laughs) they're badly, really badly punishing anti-maskers. For instance, I believe recently, I just came across uh, something about what the Indonesian government did. They made made, uh, anti-maskers dig graves for COVID-19 victims, which I like, I was like, what? Like, did they really do it? Are they allowed to do it? Like, how did that ever happen? You know, that's what, that was, that was, 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 that what was going through my mind, you know, like how, how did Indonesia punish their anti-masker so badly? But I believe uh, they were not handling bodies, like they were not lifting bodies of COVID-19 people, victims. They were just kind of digging graves. That was the punishment that the government gave them so that, you know, uh, uh, other anti-maskers may look at it and might just wear a mask and not make uh, make any shot of it because if they do it, then they probably will have to dig graves, you know. So um, a tit-for-tat kind of uh, thing, but I don't think it will work uh, anywhere else. I mean, that's really very, very crude, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was something really strange uh, and something that really caught my eye. And I was like, hey, man, let me just talk about it. So what the he- what the hell is happening with vaccines? I have no idea because uh, there's, there's, there's no sight of the vaccine at all. Like, I just don't uh, like, uh, I-, I don't know what's happening because the CDC, I was watching this, um, the press, what is it called? The press... Uh, the uh, the message by a CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, who spoke to the U.S. Senate committee. And uh, he said that these face masks, now he was saying about the COVID vaccinations and he was talking about when vaccinations would start, how the distributions would take place, when a vaccine would be ready, etc. So the, these are the questions that were asked to him. And what he said is these, I quote, he says, these face masks are the important, powerful public health tool we have. Okay, I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID 
than when I take a COVID vax, than when I take a COVID vaccine, because the immunogenicity may be at 70%. And if I don't get an immune response, the vaccine's not going to protect me. That's what he says. Uh, I just, that's the end of his entire quotation. So he says this face mask are the most important things. They may protect me better than a vaccine would do because each person would respond to a vaccine differently. It could just be 70% of the immune response, you know, for some people. So it's not going to protect me as much as a face mask could protect me. And therefore, therefore, fuck you. And, and that's why he says that, yes, wear a mask. As per the CDC director of Robert Redfield, uh, he tells the U.S. Senate committee, I shouldn't use the word therefore, okay? I'm trying not to use it. It's not supposed to be said. It's a, it's a written word. It's not a said word. It should never be said. Therefore should never be said. It should be written. It's fine. But therefore, saying it as sound sounds so absurd. It so, sounds so fake, you know? Yeah, so uh, that's what he says. And uh, it seems vaccinations for people who are very critical are in complete need of a vaccine might start in November, December this year. But for the majority of the rest of the population who kind of, you know, was going to be taken in and vaccinated, whether you're whether you're tested positive, whether you're tested negative, it's going to be in the third quarter of 2021. That's what he says. That's going to be really so far far away. That's about like June, July of next year is when ultimately the rest of the population's population would get vaccinated. And that's so far, man. Uh, as of what I thought is uh, we are all going to get vaccinated by December or maximum January of next year. That's what I what was under the end of the assumption. And after this uh, speech... I'm just wondering, it's only the people who are going to be really, who are really affected, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a situation of life and death for them. Only those people will get the vaccine by November, December, not the rest of us. It's going to be the third quarter of next year, which is going to be because of, because why? Because uh, of this vaccine would need two doses at two separate intervals and the distribution of distribution sites, needles, syringes and bottles needed for immunization is going to be. It's going to be really a lot, you know, it's going to take a lot of time to really reach out to the masses. So by, so it's not going to be November, December of this year for the general public, you know, whether they're asymptomatic or whether they're tested positive, negative and not showing any symptoms, not really serious. It's going to be the third quarter of next year, which was like, I'm like, what the hell, man, that's going to be so far away. So till then, wear a mask. That's all that we have right now, you know, I believe. Hmm, I don't know. That was scary, actually. That really scared the hell out of me, man. I don't know. I'm really scared because I'll tell you, frankly, I really thought that by November, December, we're going to have it. And then uh, and now, uh, after that uh, particular um, uh, speech that I heard uh, to the Senate uh, committee, it seems all of the world is going to be like that. November, December is not the time that we're going to get a vaccine. It's only for people who are really serious. We're all going to get vaccinated uh, in the third quarter all over the world. In the third quarter of next year is when the world will get, will will develop an immune system to the COVID-19. Until then, bad man, what's happening, guys? What's happening?
Don't worry, I'm not fainting. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm okay but I'm crying. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, um, I believe uh, there's the silver lining to the pandemic that I've heard about. You know, there's a silver, you know, I'm always, I'm always hunting for the positive in every negative situation because I hate drowning in negativity. That's something that I don't know if you know me, you know, that I hate drowning myself in negativity or complaining. Oh, you know, it's like, it just drains me out. It's like, it's too draining. If, it, if I'm just complaining about something, I can't do it first and foremost. I can't get into the negative space too long because it just it is draining and it just drains me out. So I found that, that there's a silver lining to the pandemic. And I was like, what is the silver lining? Now, there's a scientist at the Lousy University. Okay, now this is a university that's in Canada. And this doctor, uh, I didn't get his name. Okay, he's working with a team of scientists from France, Denmark, Germany, the United States and India. So it's a group of uh, scientists from all these regions, uh, from all these countries who are looking at ways to make the immune system to COVID-19 to fight cancer. Now, cancer, you, as we know, it is uh, something that uh, there is no uh, there is no cure for it. You know, the only way is getting uh, getting those uh, getting the treatment wherein it is not targeted. Uh, uh, you know, all those treatments that are available right now, it's not targeted. It is not uh, it it is not only targeted to the cancer cells. It kills all the good cells as well and makes you weak, makes makes people so weak and it destroys the body, you know. So so this team of uh, scientists are looking at using this pandemic, you know, uh, um, uh, looking at ways to use the immune response uh, to COVID-19 to fight cancer. Now, how does it work? They say that the scientist says that we have an immune system response against viruses. Like, you know, we all, as human beings, our bodies, we have a natural immune system Uh when uh, when the body is attacked by viruses, bacteria, or against any harmful pathogens, the immune system automatically responds to it. Uh, the WBCs, white blood cells, are activated in our body automatically. We don't need to do anything if you and um, they fight these pathogens, so it's very natural. But the problem with cancer that this team of scientists says say that is it doesn't consider, now our body doesn't consider cancer as a threat because it's not, cancer is not a virus. It's not caused by a virus. It's not a bacteria. It's not caused by a pathogen. Cancer is basically when our own cells, they divide. They, when they divide and multiply and grow unnaturally in the body, you know, I don't know why. And no one really knows why. They just simply multiply and just become growths and lumps and etc. You know, so it's because of that, because it's not because cancer is not caused by a virus, bacteria or any kind of pathogen pathogen. Because of that, the immune system doesn't treat cancer as a disease or as a threat. And that is the problem with cancer. So what this team of scientists I was reading it, and I find it very fascinating. I really found it really fascinating. And I kind of understood a little. So I wanted to share it. You know, I'm a struggling microbiologist. I did a lot of little microbiology, but I'm not an expert. But a little bit that I understood is that, you know, they're looking at ways to make the body, make our bodies treat cancer as something that has been, uh, that is a threat. 
that is attacked, like, you know, treat, uh, uh, to use the immune response of body against COVID-19 to think that cancer is infected by a virus or a pathogen, you know. So making our bodies think that can- if there is, a, there is cancer in the body, it will, the immune system of our bodies will treat it as, a, as a, an infection by a virus or a bacteria. And that's what these scientists are trying to do, you know. So how do they do it? It's like, uh, I found it so interesting. Uh, uh, so, uh, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, these, um, it's like a barcode at the groceries. That's how I can, you know, I kind of related it to this particular example and I understood what these scientists are planning to do. It's like, you know, when we go to, when we have a self-checkout at a groceries, okay. Say for instance, I picked up a box of pizza, a slice of pizza in a box and there's a barcode on it. And then I picked up uh, a diamond necklace, two pieces of items and I go to the self-checkout uh, but what happens is the the barcode on the pizza has the same tag as the barcode on the diamond necklace box so if the tags of both these things are the same when I self-checkout the box of pizza will be charged at five dollars and even the diamond necklace will be charged uh, will will swipe at five dollars because the tag that is on my pizza box is the same tag has been is um, masquerading you know uh, the same tag that is on my pizza box is now also on my diamond necklace box and therefore fuck therefore man i just hate using this word therefore huh really hate it man I don't know why I'm using it so much in this episode. I hate doing it. Anyway, yeah, so what I was trying to say is because the tag on the pizza box is kind of replicated on the diamond necklace box, when when I kind of check out and I'm kind of swiping these barcodes, the pizza box will give me a $5 uh, slice. Uh, one slice of pizza would be like $5. And when I uh, kind of swipe my diamond necklace box, even that would give me a $5 rate. So my total billing would be $10. Although if you look at it, the, the pizza is $5, but the diamond necklace will be in million dollars. But still I get both of it in $10. Why? Because the tag on the pizza box and the tag on the diamond necklace box is the same. So that's what these scientists want to do. They want to put the, the, the tags that, that are uh, expressed by the COVID-19 virus, the tags that are represent, you know, that these COVID-19 cells have, you know, these viruses have, they have a particular genetic material, right, in their body. So whatever tags that they express in our body, scientists, they want to replicate that same kind of tags that the COVID-19 virus has on cancer cells. And that's what they're trying to do. So that when, a, when the COVID-19 vaccine is developed and it tr- finally enters our body, the same vaccine will also kill cancer cells. And that is the idea, which I found pretty, 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 pretty cool. Uh, and I kind of wanted to, you know, I always learn in, with examples, with analogies. I learn a lot that way. And I kind of uh, built this analogy of uh, the pizza and the diamond box about having the similar tags and how, you know, that can be done. And I've, I believe it's, it's really, it's really possible. So, uh, so once the, uh, so once the virus enters the body, uh, that's the general procedure. When the virus enters the body, T cells, the white blood cells, 
They work as soldiers. They kill the virus. And, they, and the best part about our white blood cells, our body is so beautiful, man. Naturally so beautiful. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's wonderful, you know. It just works without us really having to do anything. You know, everything is like, uh, uh, it just works. You know, digestive system, our memory, our mind, you know, everything is just so beautifully mechanical. It's so automatic. You don't have to do anything. Our body is a wonderful, a wonderful piece, you know. Like they say, a body is a temple, actually a temple, I must say that. Anyway, so uh, so when the virus enters the body, the white blood cells, naturally, they fight this virus. Uh, and the best part is also they remember the virus. So if the same pathogen, you attacked by it maybe a year down the line, you know, our white blood cells remember it. And they attack it in the same way. So in maybe 10 days. But sometimes, of course, like the COVID-19 virus, they're very stubborn. You know, our body, our immune system, our natural innate immune system is unable to fight this, is unable to fight this um, COVID-19 because it's unique. It's very stubborn. It's new. Uh our bodies don't remember it because it's it's new. So when such a thing happens, then we need uh, we need a vaccine or we need antibiotics or we need something to fight it because it will ultimately lead to chronic chronic inflammation and finally you know it could uh, lead to dis uh, infection and diseases etc. So that's when we need the virus to fight these pathogens and that's when the adaptive immunity comes into play and then you need to develop a vaccine or whatever. So I hope these scientists, you know, who are looking at this as a silver lining kind of, you know, mechanism, they really work it out. They're able to understand the tag that the COVID-19 vaccine, the COVID-19 virus really expresses and then use the same tags like a barcode on cancer cells so that the same vaccine will also kill cancer cells. Like, you know, it's like, um, uh, it's like faking the system, you know, and um, so I hope, you know, because uh, I see this as this great opportunity. I really, uh, I really see uh, this is science, man. This is science and um, only, can, only science can do this. And that's the beauty of science uh, and research. Let's see what happens. I hope it's really possible, man. I hope it's really. <laughs> One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Tomorrow will never be mine. Show me the way. Teach me to say. One day at a time. Right. I was just. I was just reading about this. Uh, this. Uh, this unique uh, python. Python that laid about seven eggs without male help. Have you heard of it? I don't know, because it's, it's so unique. I mean, it was like, what the fuck? Now, this python was about 62 years old. It's at some St. Louis uh, Zoo. And uh, it's a ball python. And uh, it's which is which is which is usually found in Africa. I don't know what it's what is this 62 year old uh, python doing in a zoo i have no idea i don't know why snakes are kept in zoos first and foremost and um 
so uh what they're saying is this uh suddenly you know these zoo people they just woke up and the next morning they found the python has laid seven eggs now the python is 62 years old in isolation never met a male person for the past 15 years that's what the zoo authorities are saying has never come across a male partner so they were all like stunned like what happened man like how did this uh, python really lay seven eggs without any partner like how did this ever happen because pythons are not supposed to be uh they they're not they don't produce uh asexually they cannot produce asexually you know they and uh so and this this snake has not come so my answer is maybe they this uh, there was a male snake that sneaked through the zoo you know and just went and they made to do something that's what i feel like this is this cannot be a miracle you know that she just lays seven eggs without a male partner for never really coming across a male partner for 15 years 62 years old ball python like how can that be so i'm sure she must have you know there must be a male snake that just sneaked through a python that males i don't know whether uh, and my other question is do snakes cross breed like you know uh, do they only like a python only mates with another python or they can they mate with all other kind of snakes is the cross breeding snakes i have no idea but hey man i'm sure i'm like 100% sure there was another snake a male snake that sneaked through her cage or whatever you know it is or she must have gone out to meet someone when the authorities were sleeping that's what i think i have no idea i don't know how uh, they cannot just say everything's you know something like this can happen but of course researchers are looking at uh, the eggs now there there are seven eggs out of which three eggs are in incubators two eggs of the snakes died and two eggs are sent for genetic sampling so i believe uh, they're just going to kind of have those three eggs that are in an incubator are going to be uh, i hope they get laid and they become snakes but those two there are two of these eggs that are sent for genetic sampling they can they want to understand you know how did this snake who's 62 years old and snakes don't give birth after like uh, uh, uh bef- before they reach 16 and that they're done you know that's long right the fertility is really long it's not like that in human like in mankind but anyways so without coming uh without coming in contact with a male python for 15 years being 62 years old being in isolation and and laying eggs like seven eggs out of the blues is like stunning so that's why two of the two of her eggs have been sent for genetic sampling three of them are in an incubator for fertilization hope they become hope they become actually become snakes you know because that's really unique so that's what researchers want to study and i want to know the report you know i want to see this particular report of the genetic sampling i think it's going to take about it's going to take about a month to be available and that my eyes are on this report like i really want to understand what's the secret behind this and i'm telling you the report's going to say the report is going to conclude saying that a male snake sneaked into her cage or whatever den or whatever it's called you know where snakes are kept that's what the report is going to say believe me there's no way that out of the blue she's she's just going to kind of lay eggs let's see so in, in a month's time i'm going to give you an update on that because i'm really excited about that that's really 
something that is really <laughs> really exciting man it's really exciting it's really exciting it's really <laughs> it's really exciting you know to know that uh, something like that is happening snakes are laying eggs and all that mm, yeah so um I wanted to speak about uh, loyalty, you know, this whole thing about loyalty is just kind of overrated, I feel, but I'll talk about it maybe, um, you know, this this whole thing about, hey man, you got to be loyal, you know, you got to be loyal to your love of your life, you got to be loyal to your employer, you got to be loyal to your government, you got to be loyal to your family, or you need to be loyal to everybody who is like... Um, uh, like, you know, you have to be a fan, you know. Uh, I'll tell you, I just feel loyalty is overrated. I just want to conclude with that. I started with that and I want to end with that. Hey, man, loyalty is overrated. You don't need to be loyal to anybody, you know, because loyalty is basically blind love. It's basically herd mentality. It's just kind of hypocrisy. It's just, you know, it's uh, it's done by people who go on this boycott who boycott stuff for no reason at all, you know? They just go on a boycott spree. Loyal people basically are like that. If anybody is loyal to me, I'm like, hey man, bye, sayonara, good night, goodbye. See you never again. Like anybody being loyal to me, like it's, it's suffocating. At least that's what I feel. Like I can't have, like I've always had a cat all my life. I love dogs. I really love dogs. But I've had a cat in my life, all my life, like a cat for 24 years almost. Because cats don't give a fuck. They're not loyal to you. They just do whatever they like. And that's what I like about a cat, you know. I know they're uh, they're stubborn. They're they just do whatever they want. They're not gonna listen to your shit. But that's how you're supposed to be. You do what you like doing, right? That's what that's why what cats are. That's an example I'm giving, an analogy. Why I never had a dog because dogs are too loyal, man. They're 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 just so. Uh, hey, you're listening to me. Just stop listening. You know that's what I want to tell these dogs. Like, why are you so? obsessive about your owner like why you're so obsessed with your owner why are you listening to them and that's why i think i'll never have a dog ever like i can i can't have a dog in my life ever because they're just too loyal and loyalty sucks it's a sayonara for me you know so um so I was actually looking for something. I was looking for quotes in English and Hindi and stuff, stuff like that. And I came across, uh, because I want to kind of talk to you about it in my episode. And I want to explain it, not my words, because my words are all shitty, man. I talk, I give these analogies that are so like, hey man, layman-ish. So I want to kind of uh, talk about uh, loyalty in a more Mark Twain-ish kind of uh, reading. So Mark Twain had very famously said, you know, explaining loyalty, and I'm quoting him right now. He said that, you see, my kind of loyalty was loyalty to one's country, not to its institutions or its office holders. The country is like the real thing, the substantial thing, the eternal thing. It is a thing to watch over and care for and be loyal to. Institutions are extraneous. They are smear clothing 
and clothing can wear out it can it can be become rags it can cease to be comfortable it can cease to protect body from winter disease and death to be loyal to rags to shout for rags to worship rags to die for rags that is loyalty of unreason it is pure animal it belongs to monarchy was invented by monarchy let monarchy keep it how beautiful is this saying and how true like in just one word you say this is the definition of loyalty for for one loyalty is overrated as per me i just feel it's just too overrated it's for people uh it's a loyalty is basically for people who don't want to take risk who don't want to explore are thinking only inside the box who want to play it safe you know um uh, they just want to be loyal to other if you if you want really think good for someone if you really want to think good for them just set them free you know uh uh that's that's how it should be so I love the saying you know by mark twain i want to repeat it definition of loyalty in a court you see my kind of loyalty was loyalty to one's country not to its institutions or its office holders the country is the real thing the substantial thing the eternal thing it is thing to watch over and care for and be loyal to institutions are extraneous they are its mere clothing and clothing can wear out become rugged cease to be comfortable cease to protect the body from winter disease and death to be ro- loyal to rags to shout for rags to worship these rags to die for rags that is loyalty of unreason it is pure animal it belongs to monarchy was invented by monarchy let monarchy keep it as simple as that and that's how i want to end this episode of mine with the definition of loyalty because believe me loyalty is just overrated see you can have values you know you know when when you when you have values when you know when we know we are good you got to stick to those values you don't just uh, pledge an allegiance to anything you know you do that only when you're afraid of uh, uh when you're afraid there's a lot of fear you know you can't be loyal to someone who's doing something wrong right in front of your eyes you can't just say oh yeah you know you're doing it right but you know your conscience says hey man that's this is wrong you can't be loyal to that shit so i just want to end it with that mm and uh that's all i had uh for this episode uh on the just a nobody podcast episode and don't forget uh uh i believe i'm just kind of uh, was watching i opened up uh i opened up twitter and i see that uh the emmys is going on i believe right now that's fun i need to check it out i check it out right now after i kind of sign off but anyways thank you so much for listening guys i really appreciate it thank you so much so much so much so much don't forget to tune in next whenever i do it it's like sun this is sunday service okay this was sunday service for for all you care uh don't forget to write me at justanobodypodcast@gmail.com that's my email address you can also dm me at m e a r l c o l a c o on my twitter handle um 
I repeat, my email is justanobodypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to kind of be on my episode, if you want to say that something that I said was wrong and incorrect and just kind of an opinion and I kind of didn't, I didn't connect with you all on a particular thing, please let me know. I would love to kind of kind of repeat it or maybe uh, read out your comments uh, on this episode if I find it, you know, worth it. I mean, if it's it not worth it exactly, if it kind of relates with what uh, I've been doing in this episode, I would definitely take it up. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to ne- tune in next um, uh, next episode. Till then, I want to play uh, Alanis Morissette's Ironic. Uh, and uh, I-, I love the song. I really love it. And uh, I said, let me just play it. Uh, uh, I'll be on the other side of the song. Let's listen to this. It's ironic because life has become ironic in this pandemic whatever you expect would happen which is normal it just doesn't turn out that way right so here it is was afraid to fly he packed his suitcase and kissed his kids goodbye he waited whole damn life he took that flight and was plane crashed down he thought isn't it ironic wow That's all I had this week. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye.